Triple H FM Sports in association with Atlas Chartered Accountants. The Post, Hornsby RSL and ISC Sports welcomes you to Splinters, your no-holds-barred sports podcast. And now here's your host, the Raging Bull, Anthony Caruso. Good evening and welcome to Splinters on Triple H 100.1 FM, streaming on the web at triplehfm.com.au and available for download at podcast.com, iHeartRadio and Triple H FM and indeed wherever you get your podcasts. Anthony LeBall Caruso with you and we have now come to the first of our footballing previews for the winter of 2023 it is the NPL New South Wales men's preview and it is going to be one for the history books as we now celebrate a competition that has now been expanded to 16 teams. It is so big that we've had to bring in one of the very best when it comes to talking NPL football. We are so excited to have him on here tonight. Nicholas Kutniak, good evening to you. Yeah, good evening Caruso, good evening everybody and Looking forward to what shapes up to be a massive season in MPL New South Wales. Now, the big thing about this, and you might not know because I don't know how far back you've done your research, but this is the first time we've got a 16-team competition since 04-05 when the NSL clubs came back into the MPL New South Wales system. So it has been a long, long time coming. And when we were in that season, They didn't go 30 weeks. They did the old 16 rounds, then splitsies. Half the competition goes one way, half the competition went the other way into what was, I think, an eight-week situation. And then they came back and worked out a, a final five or whatever it was at that time. But this year, something very important, and I say very important. We're going first past the post. First past the post and... Yes, Team 16 gets relegated straight away, but Team 15 plays in a playoff game against the second-placed team in the league below, which is League 1 New South Wales. So that means that means we could have potentially two MPL men's New South Wales first teams drop back to the second league or League 1, and we could see two new League One teams move up next year. So, so much to digest into what's going to be a mammoth season. But the big question is, Anthony, and and it's interesting when you talk to a couple of people about this whole situation regarding first past the post. So no grand finals anymore. Grand finals are gonzo in the NPL and the league competition or leagues competitions. So I wonder what, it will be like this year. Now, I, I believe in first past the post. I've always loved the the 30 rounds. You go straight, you get a winner that way, and you work out your relegation and all that. I've always loved that idea. But we are a country like America that go through the grand final system in football. How do you think it's going to play this year? And do you think we're going to have a lot of stalemate games or dead games that are going to be going to be meaningless in the competition. I think for mine, the the biggest piece for this is that we want to make sure that the competition is as exciting as it was last year. Now, a lot of people may not remember because it was a while ago, but last season with five rounds left, you had seven teams competing for the premiership 
and even in the last round, which I always love because it's a shotgun start. Every game at the same time, you had three teams still able to win the premiership. And you might remember, Nick, that it came down to injury time and one club nearly stealing it at the death. Yeah. It was amazing. And to put the context too, you had teams one and two playing each other at Belmore, being Sydney Olympic and Blacktown City, while Manly had the game against Rockdale and Rockdale. Uh, well, they they were a chance to make the five still. So that was the other thing too. There was a lot to play for in regards to making the top five in that situation. And remember last year, because of the the reshaping of the competition, because it was 12 teams, no team was relegated. So we didn't have that relegation battle last year. But I think this year having the relegation battle is going to help big time because you don't want to be – see, this is the thing. You don't want to be Team 15. Now, normally in other situations, you don't mind being the second last if it's only one team being relegated. But in this situation, you – don't want to be 15th or 16th. So there's going to be so much to play for in that situation. And and to be honest, I know a lot of people always get excited about the uh, the championship battle on that. I love the relegation battle. I'm oh, sorry. they can. Yeah. I'm sorry, but I am the, uh, the narcissist, if you want to call it that, that loves to watch teams that struggle try their best to somehow swim in a sinking ship. I love watching it. It's so exciting. Oh. And I'm that guy. Like, seriously, on final day, if there's an opportunity to call the relegation battle, my hand's up for relegation battle. I don't care about the championship. Mark, the Mark, Mark Stavrowakis, if you're listening in, there's the call from Mr. Kutnyak right now. I love relegation. I don't know why, but it's just so exciting. Just to see a team somehow survive and watch a team just, you know, capitulate in the last moment of that situation, it's just fabulous stuff, as uh, we've said in the classics. But, yeah, this season is going to be crucial. And, you know, the other thing is, too, I wonder how much, and, and, and I believe Football New South Wales really need to push it big time now. No grand finals. Now, as I said, this playoff's going to be awesome, and, and I think it's one of the key things. But I believe that the Waratah Cup will go back to what we have seen in the past, and that being a well-sought-after competition because now we're not playing for three trophies. We're playing for two trophies. So we've got the championship and we've got the Waratah Cup. So the knockout-style competition, I think, is going to be more prevalent than it has been in the past. And I know people will say, yeah, but, you know, you know, the qualification, you get an Australian Cup chance. That's all well and good. But you know what? Once you make the final four, you don't really well, – I'm not going to say you don't push as hard because you always want to win a cup. But now that there's an opportunity to only win two competitions, it's going to be more sought after. That's what I'm trying to get at. So I think it's going to be important. And I also do call for the Waratah Cup to be played at the Western Sydney Stadium like we saw the grand final last year. But before that, play the relegation games, have it a big fiesta of football – for football New South Wales, I think it's a massive goer. Some people go, oh, I don't know about that, but I think there's a lot of people out there that will be saying, you know what, a festival to football at the Parramatta's Western Sydney Stadium 
is a good idea. I think it's going to be absolutely brilliant. We've got a lot to get through tonight. After all we've discussed, we've still got to get through 16 teams. So let's get into it. The referee's out in the middle now. The assistant referee's out. We've brought Pierluigi Colina back to referee this game. <laughs> so uh, we know we're in good hands. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Splinters. I'm going to kick things off here tonight with our first team in alphabetical order, and it is Apia Laika, who have been through a bit of a generational change over the last couple of years. Paul G, who was uh, filling in as coach over the last couple of years, he's no longer there, but it is an old favourite who has now stepped up from playing and is now the head coach of Apia Leichhardt. Yeah, and I think this is very interesting. Frank Caparizzi is going to be... A manager, and I think it's amazing. I think it's great for the club, but I think the question will be, how will he go? This is this is a hard ask. Remember, we're going to a thirty-week competition, and as opposed to a twenty-two-week season, that extra eight games does put a strain. And you've got to work out how you do player management. That's going to be the key thing. A lot of people call RPI Cup Dad's Army. And when you look at the lineup, you can make a case that it's a bit of a dad's army. You got Ivan Achevsky, right? Remember, he he was back in the early days of the A-League, latter part of the NSL. Think of that, that for a second. Then you got players like the Simmons brothers, they're still going strong, but they're starting to get on a bit. And 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 I look at that side and I think they've got some good young guns. Good to see uh Anthony Sparacino. Move across to Arpia from the Northbridge system. You see uh, Anthony Bazanis, he's gone to a good club. How will he go? I think he'll be sensational, the uh, the keeper. Then you go to uh, Dakota Askew, who comes from Blacktown, who was in that grand final, had a big game, and I think he's a big signing for the club. But one signing I think is key as well to help their goal scoring is Jack Stewart. Now, Jack Stewart played for a Mount Druid side. Let's be honest, last season weren't that flash. Yet he was one of the starring lights, and I think it's a big signing. Didn't get an opportunity to go overseas. He was pushing for an overseas bid. Didn't happen, but he's off to Arpia, and I think he's going to have an absolute rip-roaring year. Now, in regards to where I see Arpia, I think, again, you'll see as we go through all the teams how tough it's going to be. I can't see him pushing any higher than sixth. I think it's going to be a tough task for them, and that's why I'm a little bit concerned about, as I said, the dad's army tag. I've got him in sixth at the moment here, Anthony. Do you do you agree with the assessment I've got there? Or do you think that I'm looking at the wrong path? No, I think you're, you're absolutely spot on here. I had them finishing mid-table, um, sixth, seventh, possibly eighth, depending on what happens here. You got to remember the players that are out as well. Simon Nicholas and Matthew Cahill, they've gone off to Northwest Sydney Spirit. Uh, not only that, but another legend at the club, David Deputzel, has hung up the boots and he is joining Franco Parisi in the um, coach's box. So uh, this is the, the real – we've been waiting for this to happen now for a number of years. This generational change is going to happen. It's going to take a couple of years for Arpia to find their feet with this. But they'll be they'll look a new club after this. But I don't expect them to be competitive for at least two to three years. I will have to ask the question to you. What do you do in this situation? You've got a quality keeper in Anthony Bazanis, and a lot of people would say, 
Why would Bazanis go over there if he's going to play second fiddle to Nachevsky? Do you think he's an obvious first choice for that keeping role, or do you think they go Nachevsky at the start of the year, or do you see it being almost a split because of this long season? I see it being one of two things. It's either a split or they are going to be grooming Bazanis to take over from Nachevsky full-time. This could well be Nachevsky's last year in goals because mm-hmm. he is he is well into his 40s now. Yeah, absolutely. So I, I don't see it lasting much longer for him. Let's move on now to Blacktown City. The grand final winners last year, they finished third on the ladder and relatively speaking, a quiet transfer period for them. But when you've just won the grand final, you finished in the top three, consistency can be a very good thing. Yeah, look, they don't need to change their side one iota. You look at the players, Lachlan Campbell, Daniel Collins, Danny Choi still going to be there. You're going to have Matthew Lewis. You've got Grant Lynch. You've got, of course, TM, Travis Major, the big player, the key player, Charles Mendy, Mitch Marlier, the O'Briens, the Berries as well. Prentagast is going to be firing. Henderson's, uh, I think, the, the only one that you could see Going well, the the young kid that's going to fire Tyron Burney, Caleb Jackson-Brown. Look, this side, I think, is humming. I like them. I think City win the competition. I I think it's almost a lay-down mazair. I look at City and I just go, who can beat them? I think the key thing is they've got to have these players fit every week. You can't afford Travis Major to have long time out. You see how key he was difference when he came back to the side in the transfer mid-season. So I think he's important. I think Danny Choi, if he gets you know time and he can get those legs firing, I think he's going to be very valuable for that side. So look, I am saying, again, I believe Blacktown City win the competition and win it well. The transfers for them very quickly – Hiroaki Aoyama off to Marconi, Jackson Bandiera to Mount Druitt along with Dylan Niski. And the only transfer in is Jacob Fernandez from the Bulls FC Academy, but that they're almost like fringe players in this squad. So the, the nucleus of this team is pretty much the same. I agree with you. I think they're pre- I agree with you insofar as I think they'll be premiership contenders. Whether they win it will be another matter altogether. Oh, you, you can't put it on the line, are you? you? You're not putting it on the line. Come on, Caruso. Put something on the line. I will soon enough. Don't oh, worry about it's that. It's biased, isn't it? Yeah, no. it's, yeah it's biased. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Next team on the list. Next team on the list is Bulls FC going through their third name change in about five years, but they have retained their coaching staff and very a very quality footballer in his own right in Milay Stajowski. Yeah, look, this is an interesting one. First of all, to explain this uh, name scenario, for the punters, when they were North Shore, they weren't connected to an A-League club. Then what happened was when North Shore changed their name, they had the Mariners uh, monarchy and all that. When they changed to Northbridge, they did a deal with MacArthur FC. From that, MacArthur has taken over the license. So basically, and, and that was pretty much always going to happen. So they took over the license. So it's a bit clear as mud, but now it's easy. They're Bulls 
and uh, they'll still be playing at Sydney United Sports Centre, but at least they're going to be closer to home than Northbridge, where they never played a game in Northbridge or surrounding areas in an MPL New South Wales competition. Anyway, and I talk about, of course, in the MPL main competition, not twos, threes, fours, or whatever. Uh, in regards to the season here for the Bulls, Academy teams are always hard to look at. And I say that seriously because, and you would understand this, uh, Bull, because things change quite a bit. And remember, their um, signing periods end in that June period. So as opposed to an MPL side, it will happen at the end of the season. Signings happen mid-season or changes happen mid-season because of the A-League. So that's where it makes it hard. I look at the side, some of the players that will stay there that we saw last season, Wells and Rag are two very good players. I look at Adrian Canares. Uh, I think he's going to be good. I think he actually came from uh, from uh, Bonnie Rig from memory. But uh, they have got a couple of players there that I can see doing well this season for the Bulls. Uh, Sparacino, Marcus stays in the side. I think that's a, a good signing there. Uh, Yuli too, Reese Yuli, the younger Yuli, uh, and Bonia as well, who I think is a very good talent. So look at that side, and I've got them 12th. I don't think they'll be too high up. As I said, I think the big concern is with academy clubs is that they can't have the same squad all year round because things change or the team changes. Also, the other thing to keep in mind, I think it is a very important thing. Forget about the fact I'm still not a big fan of academies being in the MPL New South Wales competition or MPL competitions. I believe that the youth system should be properly set up and bring back the wild league to what it was, and that should be your important league for youth development. I will say it is so important for these four clubs that are in the top flight, I speak of Bulls, Sydney FC, Wanderers and Central Coast, to not, to not drop. Now, we probably expect one of the academy teams will struggle at some point, but they can't afford to drop because if they drop, then there's going to be less chance of wooing players over. So I think it's very key for all the academy squads to at least put a fist and stay into the top flight, especially heading into next season. I think it's very important, and and, and all A-League clubs would agree, and especially if Newcastle keep on getting better and come from the League 3 into the League 2, and then, uh, sorry, from the League 2 into the League 1, and then eventually get into the top flight, it's important the academy sides do fire. And this is the challenge that you've got with the uh, academy teams. In the women's, for example, they don't let the academy teams drop. But here, they're allowed to. And the problem you'll then have as well is that if an academy team drops from NPL back to the Football League One, you're going to end up with a situation whereby some of these kids that are in the system at the moment, they're going to be sitting there and going, is this the best league that I should be playing in? Or am I going to leave this academy and go back to playing for an NPL club? Yeah, and then you have the situations where you have a player that's going to be towards the end of either, if you want to call it a scholarship or whatever, but he's in a situation where he's graduating graduating to the A-League. Problem is, you're graduating basically from League One and you're skipping the biggest league in New South Wales, heading to 
the major league in Australia. I, it makes it difficult. You're seeing a couple of players now, like Nada, for instance, at Newcastle. He was at the Wanderers earlier the, uh, last year. So you're looking at that and go, oh, hang on, wait a minute. You weren't playing in the top flight. You're playing League One. Not saying that anything's wrong with League One, but because of where they are in the academy sits, it makes it very intriguing. So it's it's one that we can talk about forever and, and, and our our systems, and our system's not overly flash, as you could probably tell where against how it is, but that's the situation at the moment. We now move from one academy to the other. We now jump from the Bulls FC to the Central Coast Mariners, who have had a coaching change this year. It is Luke Wilkshire joining them from the Wollongong Wolves. Yeah, let's see how Wilkshire goes. I, I think he'll go okay. Some people are a bit... Uh, if you're on what he can do for an academy side, I think he will go well. I look at this uh, side on paper. There's some very good players. The Depuzios, they come from the Wanderers Academy previously, but there's one key player. I look at this player. I saw him quite a bit at the Rangers last year when he came off the bench. Inca Samola, put his name in your black book because he is a very strike weapon. I like him. He is a very good player. I think he is going to be a key in this Mariners side. I think also look at a player like James Bayless and Jacob uh, Jacob Kresner. As I said, I don't expect them to be higher than 15th. I really don't because I don't know how they're going to go with this. Plus, remember the travel aspect too they're going to have. But you know what? I'm happy to be proven wrong. But as I mentioned before, the biggest concern is, and I repeat, is academy clubs, changes happen mid-season. So you either have to be really top, like Sydney FC has been in the past, be at the top to June, and then when you do have a bit of a fall, it's not a big fall. Or you could be in a situation where you're mid-table and then drop wayward because you've had so much changing to the deck, so to speak. As I said, Mariners 15th in my book. Yeah, I, I see Mariners in that relegation fight. I don't think they're going to be bottom of the ladder, but I, I see them struggling this year. We move on now to Manly United, who were grand finalists, finished second last year, and a big change straight off the bat with a coaching change. Adam Griffiths no longer at the club. Yeah, he he made his uh, decision last season to leave to go to new endeavours. While Patrick Svonsvike, he makes his way across to the club. I think he'll go all right, but I've got him at fourth, and I'll explain why I've got him at fourth. I look at this side, and yes, they'll fantastic back end of the season, but I go back to week in, week out. You've got to be on top of your game, and you've also got to be consistent. I think Manly's a side that can go peaks and troughs at times, and that's where I'm a little bit concerned. But the signings are good. Levi Kay, who's a keeper, very good keeper. The one I'm really intrigued about, and I think it's a big shame the Mariners let him go, Harry McCarthy. Harry McCarthy's a good young fella. He can score goals. Watch him. And I think that's going to be interesting how he combines with a Bruno Mendes. What Jimmy Oates can produce as well is magical. Um, Matt Sim, how much will Matt Sim be starting or will they be opting him to play at the bench? That will be the big question. I'll look at this side. As I said, I've got them fourth in my book, but I think they're going to have a good year still. Well, they, they built their strength off two things. They had the be- one of the best defences in the competition 
and they've really made Cromer Park a fortress. I think they only lost one game all year at home. Um, the, the only loss that they've got as well in their lineup of significance with Sam Benton, who's moved to England, is James George Arkless moving to Sydney Olympic. Given that the absolutely massive depth that they've got in midfield and defence, I don't think that's going to hurt them. And the only thing they are looking for is consistency up front. I agree. Harry McCarthy's a great signing. I think he'll do well with Bruno Mendes up there. Um, I see them finishing top three. I am going to back the boys in, but I, I think the top three, there is absolutely nothing in it between them. Yeah, it's it's amazing. I think it's going to be tight. I, I really think the top five is just so hard to uh, digest because, and you will see a little, a little bit later on, there is a bit of a, uh, a surprise packet as such from certain people. But anyway, we move on to the next club and, it's one of uh, the Italian mafias, of course. I speak of the Marconi Stallions. Yeah, absolutely. Coached by Peter uh, Sakinis. They finished fourth last year, knocked out in the minor qualifying final. They've only had one player leave this year, which is Nenan Vekic, who's gone to the Wollongong Wolves. But, geez, haven't they gone hard at the transfer market? Yeah, and, and a look at a couple of players that they've signed here. And and I really like this squad here. First of all, look at this, right? Marco Yesic, I, I think he's still a very good player. Nathan Milgate delivers on his day. Taylor McDonald, very good. And Liam Yuley, look, he's one of those players that is a shame they never really pushed hard to get into the A-League. He was there for a while in the Wanderers Academy. Didn't quite work. But I look at that side, I think it's good. But you talk about these signings. Kyle Chimenti from United, that's a good signing. Liam McGing, who's an ex-A-League player, that's a good signing. Uh, Hiroki Ayayama, very good signing from City. I think it's an impressive signing. And Jordy Swivel, that is amazing to think that he is not at an A-League club. I think it's disappointing. I think he's a, a kid with a lot of ability. And Jack Gibson, Nathan Foster, the uh, the two young kids, of course, are keeping. So I look at that lineup, they're okay. But I've still got him in seventh. I, I think the biggest issue I, I've seen with Marconi over the last couple of years has been consistency. Yep. They are capable of very good, some very good games, but I just feel at times that they, they are often their own worst enemies. The other thing to, to point out with Marconi has been their discipline record over the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. And, that's, and that is a big concern, Anthony, when – we go back to a 30-round season because you have to make sure your good players are in every week. They can't afford to be out every four or five weeks for a couple of cards being given. Remember, the cards do add up along the season. So they've got to be consistent and they've got to make sure their key players are on the park. And, and look, injuries happen, but we're talking about the fact if you get suspended, that is what's going to hurt them as well. But as I said, Marconi, Decent year. I don't think it's going to be a great year. We move on to the Mount Druid Town Rangers, who finished 10th last year. And this is another team that has gone hard at the transfer market. The transfers out, Jack Stewart to Apia, Fumoto Kamada and Louis Corey to the Sutherland Sharks. They've gone hard at the transfers in, and there's some very handy ones that have come in. Yeah, I look at this side, and first of all, I think the biggest uh, – 
signing as such for the Mount Shortstown Rangers. And this could be an interesting one. And look, I, I, I say this now. I say this interesting because you know about brotherly love. We all know about it, right? We do. But Stewie has got his brother who was previously at Blacktown Spartans, Andrew Montgomery, who's a very good coach. Now, from what it sounds like, and, and again, this is what we hear, that it's a situation where Stewart is grooming Andrew to take over. And that would be the obvious reason why he's moved across to the club. And I think you look at these signings here, and I think they're very good signings. Again, you've got a player from uh, Liga Portugal. Think of this, junior center. I'm looking forward to how, how he will go. We have seen in the past, they have signed players, the Rangers from overseas, and they haven't worked quite as well. But I think with the fact that Andrew Montgomery's really got his uh, ear to the ground when he tries to find talent, and I think that's going to be a big signing there. Jackson Bandiera, good signing. I think he's going to be key. Nikola Georgievich from Wollongong. I just wonder if he's going to work for the defensive line. Anthony Frangi returns to the club after a stint at the uh, Melbourne Knights. And Jacob Esposito, he finally gets to play some NPL football after being in League One for Hakawa for a few years. And Dylan Miski makes the, the move to Blacktown City. So there is another thing again, because their keeper in Fenella has been okay. He had, it was a, it's a tough ask, right? And, and they had another player, and I can't, the name escapes me, who was their main keeper for the first half of the season. But it didn't work out. He went back to Melbourne and or Queensland, but he went back home. But when you try to replace the Great Wall of Sangadari, it's difficult. And I don't think Fenella capitalised, and I don't think he did it as well. Dylan Niski. Making the move over is smart, and I probably feel that he will be your main keeper. That 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 is in in my eyes. I, I could be I could be away from the truth there, but I I just see that's going to be their key thing. Players to watch in their side as well. Um, Tarek Elrich, we know he can do. Solomon John Monahan Vaika, we know what he can produce. Cooper Koskeri, very good player. So they've got players around there. I'm looking forward to seeing. So yeah, I I I I um I do think they'll go okay, but I don't think they will be in the top seven. I have got them in ninth spot. I'm going worse than that. I'm going twelfth place for Mount for Mount Druitt. And the reason why I say that is because I think some of the players that they've got in this team are now on the are now starting to show their age a little bit. Tarek Elrich is is class in this in this competition. He has been around forever and a day. Travis Orchard has been around forever and a day. Richie Cardozo, the same thing oh, as up, well. Hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up. Yeah. I don't know where you're getting your information about Travis Orchard. I don't know where you've been getting the information about him. He, he left the club last season. He left he he did. He did. You're right. But they did also have Cardozo in there as well. So they've been getting players sort of at the wrong time of their careers as well from time to time. Yeah, and, and Richie, admittedly, he had injury concerns last year. That he never got to come back. They tried to get him going, but they just could not get him back. So he's uh, he's left the club too because it just never it never worked for him. Also, watch this 
Ivan Sunic, right? Watch him. He's going to be a good player. We move on now to our last team before we go to the the break, and it is last year's fairy tale story in football New South Wales. The Northwest Sydney Spirit, coached by a good friend of us on Triple H Sports in David Perkovic. They finished fourth in FNSW1. They got the promotion. They won the Waratah Cup. It's amazing, isn't it? It's it's a story that keeps on giving. I look at this side, they're a good side, but it's about coming up to the main league. Louis Bazanich has to be on song every week. I think he is going to be key. Richie Darko, he produces some magic, doesn't he? He can give some quality balls. Um, Otakura needs to be on. Like Illich needs to be on. I think for them, it's going to be a tough year. I don't think they will struggle as such, but they're a below mid-table. I, I just don't seem as high as what a lot of people do seem as. I seem a 10th place side, but if they can make the Arctic Circle, aka Christie Park, a fortress, then who knows? I heard that recently they played a trial against Bankstown City, and Bankstown were pretty good for 80 of the 90 minutes before the Spirit side put three past. And I might add, that was only because, from all reports, Bankstown players were just tired, legs late in the piece, fitness was the key. So. Yeah, I'm, as I said, I think they're 10th this year. They're just below or that below mid-table situation. I, I agree with that. I think, And I think they'll be happy with 10th place at this point. But, you know, this is a team that is befitting of the spirit moniker that they, they have worked their butts off to get to where they are at the moment. Thoroughly deserve it. The only downside they've got is that we do know that Grant Cornwell suffered an ACL injury during preseason. He'll be spending an extended period of the sideline. You know, there's a chance they may not see him this year. Yeah, and that would be a big loss if that is the case. Hopefully it's not, but we just await and see in that situation. Well, with that, we're going to take our break. And when we come back, we'll have part two of our preview of the 2023 NPL New South Wales men's competition right here on Splinters on Triple H 100.1 FM, streaming on the web at triplehfm.com.au and available for download at podcast.com, iHeartRadio, and wherever you get your podcasts. We'll be right back. It's time for the crew to catch their breath. We'll be back after this short break. Do you think the government deserves more of your hard-earned money? If not, make sure you talk to Atlas Chartered Accountants. Atlas Chartered Accountants makes sure the money you earn stays in your pocket through legal tax planning strategies, from finding that last tax deduction to tax-effective business structures for asset protection purposes so you can invest in what really matters, your family and business. Visit their website at ihatetax.com.au. Atlas Chartered Accountants. They are dedicated to you and dedicated station sponsors of Triple H 100.1 FM. Your local RSL is at the heart of every community and there is none better in the Hornsby-Karingai area than the Hornsby RSL. Whether you're planning a major event, dinner with family or friends or having a quiet night at your local, Hornsby RSL is the place to be. Rediscover what enjoying life is all about with regular weekly events, special entertainment and some of the best eateries in Sydney, we have you covered for a great night out. As always, drink responsibly. 
Support the club that supports. Come to Hornsby RSL at 4 High Street, Hornsby or get in touch on 947777 and at hornsbyrsl.com.au. The Hornsby RSL, proud station sponsors of Triple H 100.1 FM. Want to look your sporting best on and off the field? Then make sure you get kitted out with ISC Sport Teamwear. ISC Sport are Australia's leading name in custom sports uniforms with a wide range of sportswear tailored to your team's needs. 100% Australian-owned and fully customisable, ISC Sport cover all four winter codes and cricket, basketball, netball and hockey, as well as training and outerwear, ensuring you look the part when representing your community. As Don Rizzuto would say, look Sharp and play pretty with ISC Sport. Visit their website, iscsport.com, for more information. ISC Sport, official clothing partners of Triple H 100.1 FM. Streaming on the web at www.triplehfm.com.au. Looking for a fun night out with family and friends? Then come to the hidden gem in the Hornsby-Karingai area, The Attic. Located inside Hornsby RSL, The Attic provides all the fun and excitement you can expect from a bowling and arcade bar in an intimate location that ensures a real gaming experience for everyone. With four 10-pin bowling lanes, Australia's first augmented reality bowling experience and a selection of traditional and custom-built arcade games, The Attic is the place to let your inner child run wild. So make sure you book your next night out at The Attic at 4 High Street Hornsby. Call them on 94777777 or book via their website at theattichornsby.com.au. The Attic, part of Hornsby RSL, station sponsors of Triple H 100.1 FM. Welcome back to Splinters, your no-holds-barred sports podcast. And welcome back to Splinters on Triple H 100.1 FM, streaming on the web at triplehfm.com.au and available for download at podcast.com, iHeartRadio, and wherever you get your podcasts. Anthony Caruso with Nick Kutniak as we preview the 2023 NPL New South Wales men's competition. We are now straight into Team 9, which is Rockdale Illenden. And the first announcement we've got for this is Paul D. Now on to his third, I think it's his, at least his third club now in NPL, having previously coached Manly United and RPL Icart. Yes, and Rockdale, Illidan, I think have got a very intriguing lineup. Okay, and I say this because I look at it and I go, ooh, they can do something here. They've still got the big player, the baker, or as some call him, the Eurobomber. I speak of Alec Urosevsky, very talented player, can score a goal from anywhere, basically. Great to see still there. Bay Antonio, he does a lot. He he. He does a lot. Good to see Braden Sorge still there. But the big signing, I think, or the intriguing signing is going to be Brendan Shalakin. And how you play Brendan Shalakin, I think he's going to be off the bench. He's going to come off the bench. And probably in a situation where, and, and, and I could be wrong here, Anthony, but I reckon he could be coming on for the like of maybe Alec Yurichevsky or maybe a player like Jaden Casella, who, by the way, can score a goal from any place too, and Pe- or Peter Kakaris. So I think the way they use Chalakian is going to be intriguing, but I think he probably will be the one to come off the, the bench and be that impact player. Or they might be using him as a, a player where he'll come off the bench for probably half the season, then the other bit, he might be starting that midway through a season situation. So it'll be interesting, as I said, 30-round season, 
it'll be interesting how coaches do use these players. But I think I like this side. I don't I don't think they're going to be one, two, or three. I've got them fifth, but I think they're going to have a good year. And I think Bradasevic, the keeper, is going to fire once again. And he's going to have to as well because we know that this Rockdale squad, if they've got one particular weakness, is that their defense can go missing. And we've seen it a couple of times where they, in particular, they experimented with a three-man defense and they simply did not have the quality. Bradasevic, um, uh, he needs to step up and take leadership of this defense because if they go nis- missing, he, they're going to have to rely on him to pull them back in the line because we've seen Rockdale leak goals at times throughout last year. Yeah, that's a fair point. That is a fair point. And uh, Nicol Ude, uh, I think that's a good signing too. Well, he's going to be crucial to try and clean up that, um, to try and solidify the um, the line there. With regards to Shalaki, and you have to remember, he's, a, he's an old school number 10. So it's how you for, create the, the structure for this team because Yurosevsky plays as a genuine number nine. That with, is true. With Bayern Antonio playing in behind almost as a predatory striker. A number 10 doesn't fit this structure. Yeah, and, and that, that is a fair call in some regards, but I think that they need the change a little bit, their style, and I think that's going to help. I see them staying in sixth place yeah. unless they can fix their defense. As I said, look, I got them five. So it doesn't really, it, it doesn't change five or six in our eyes, but I think they'll have a decent year. We move on to one of the other teams that has been promoted into the competition, St. George City, coached by Mirko Krull. And, you know, everyone has spoken about the history of the St. George Saints, formerly known as St. George Budapest. Everyone thought that at some point they'd be making their return in MPL. No, it's St. George City. It's little brother. Yes, uh, if uh, you use the term that has been banded around Blacktown with the uh, Spartans, the Plastic Brigade, uh, in some people's eyes, you know where I'm coming from with that sort of uh, job like that. Look, I look at this side. I think they've got some decent plays there. They'll do something. I think Nathan Roberts is a good one. I think uh, Franco Mayer. Daniel Alessi, uh, Dominic Cox. But I, I really, I just don't know how they're going to go in the step up. I've got them in 14th. I think it's going to be a lean year, but it's going to be a learning year. And I think that's the important thing. Learning and make sure they survive is key. Well, there's three names in this lineup as well that I think are going to have to fire if they're going to justify their position and their place in this competition itself. Because I've got St. George City fighting to avoid relegation at Uh this point. Well, I do too when you think about it, 14th. Yeah. um, I've got the Petratos boys. Yeah. And I've got Marley Peterson. Yeah, Marley Peterson. It's it's an interesting signing, isn't it, when you think about it? Like he's come from the Bonnie Rig system and, yeah, he gets an opportunity to go back to – to play an MPL men's, oh, yeah. I, yeah. That, as I said, I don't know if it's a side that's going to gel. I, I just don't know. They've, they've almost like slapped this team together and they're just hoping they just pull something off just True. by mere presence. So um, they did well last year. Have they achieved beyond their means? There's only one way to find out with this lineup here. We move on now to Sydney, F- the Sydney FC Youth Academy, coached by Jimmy Van Weeren. They finished a very credible seventh place this year, but that mini golden generation they had coming through the academy, they're gone now. 
Yeah, look, in regards to this side, and let's chat about this in depth because I look at them and I think they're going to have a good year. I think they've got some players there that will show a lot of potential. So I speak of Adam Pavlicic, I think, um, and he's been around the uh, the Sydney FC system with the ACL and all that. I think that's that's good to still see him there. I look at a player like, and, and again, I, I thought he was good last year, and I think he'll be good once again. And, and I speak of Oscar Priestman, who has captain, and he does a good job. Um, Matthew Scassella, I think he'll do well. Harry Akalina, I hope he has a good season. But as you mentioned before, the thing that I'm worried about is what changes are going to be made midway through the season. That's what I'm worried about. Well, look at the lineup of players that they're going to be losing out of this. They've lost Pat Wood to full Pat Wood and Patrick Yazbek, who are now playing full time at Sydney FC. Callum Neuenhoff has gone to Adelaide United to join his good mate in Harry van der Sarg. Federico Galliano has gone to Northwest Sydney Spirit. Andrew Vladimus has gone to St. George City. And Nathan Grimaldi to the Sutherland Sharks. So, you know, they brought in a couple of players uh, in Bailey Callahan, Max Barato, and Aoki Moe. But... I just the only thing I see that they they're going to be lacking now is going to be that penetration up front that they had in spades with Patrick Yazbek and Pat Wood. I think Lucas Smythe is uh, going to have a good season too when he as he moves up because obviously he has come through that uh, system uh, and uh, he was in the twenties team last year and, and played a few games off the bench. I think he'll have a good year. So look, I, I, I think FC. Decent, but not flash. I've got them eighth. And the reason why I've got them high because I think they'll score points very early in the season. They will. And the other thing that they do have that a lot of teams don't have is that they're going to be ready for the start of the season because they've already been training as part of Sydney FC system anyway. That's a great point. They're going to come in match fit. That is a fantastic point you make uh, in regards to that. Very good point. We move on now to Sydney Olympic, who are now going to be coached by Labano Haliti. They finished first in the premiership. Yes, they were the premiers. They got knocked out in the grand final qualifier. And talk about upheavals in this team. They've, abs- they've, I guess, to a certain extent, blown up certain sections of their squad. But, geez, they've gone hard at the transfer market to come in. Yeah, I look at this side, and I think they've got a, a strong side, to be honest. I, I think... When you look at it, there is two players that I think are great signings. One of them, Nick Fitzgerald. How'd they land him? No, no. Wait to the player that they landed. Ziggy, Ziggy, Zig, Zig, Zig Gordon. Ziggy Gordon. That is a massive signing, Ziggy Gordon. Like, think about it, Anthony. It is a massive signing. It is. It is uh, like when we when I saw the name Roy O'Donovan get signed by Sydney Olympic last year, I thought that's it. You you can't get much bigger now in NPL than having signed Roy O'Donovan. They've just gone and signed Nick Fitzgerald and Ziggy Gordon into this lineup. Are you having a laugh? And they've got Sam McElhouten that still is playing well. Oliver Pufflet. Uh, 
as and Fabia Ferreira, don't forget about Fabia. Like he plays all right, so I think they're gonna have a good year. Nicolasaurus, very good keeper, and Ben Vandermeer was actually was good last year for Olympics since the move from FC. I've got him third. I think they'll have a good year. I'm a little bit concerned about Labanay Haliti, how he'll go as a head coach or manager, whatever you want to call him. I think that's going to be an interesting signing. By the way, what about the other signing uh, too for their side? Michael Neal, who uh, came from Rockdale. I think that's that's actually not a bad signing. Defender-wise, I think that's huge. I think that's a great signing there as well. And I see, this on paper, I see this as a squad that will match Blacktown City in terms of raw strength. Two things come to mind with this. Labanor Haliti is going to have a hell of a time trying to keep this squad under control. Yep. The other thing is that, relatively speaking to other squads, this is a relatively shallow squad. And they've got to play 30 games with this. Are their under-20s up to the task? Because we know that Sydney Olympic over the last couple of years have done very well in first grade, but their under-20s have been very hit or miss. Yeah, that's true. That That is a, a very good point you raised there. So that's that's going to be that's going to be fascinating to watch what happens with that one there. Sydney United fifty eight now into the spotlight, now coached by Miro Vastalika, and they finished eighth oh, last year. Close enough, but wrong. Um, Sorry, you want to have a go again? Vlast Vastel Vastalika. Uh, I'm using the Italian pronunciation. <laughs> no, I'm stuck no, with it. No. Miro Vastalica. Bastelitsa. I'm leaving it to someone a little bit more qualified than me to pronounce yeah, it. Exactly. Get the Croat to stuff them up. Uh, look, in regards to. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, don't I'm... leave it to the Italian. Oh, you're exactly right. Yeah. Uh, I really like this side. I, I, I don't know what it is, but I, I just I look at this side and I really see talent. Um, in regards to the ins, Jason Madonis, very interesting in. I think it's an end that will work. Leroy Jennings, say, but this is the thing because Leroy and Madonna's come from sides that had a pretty poor season last year, Sutherland and Wollongong. I, I wonder if they'll be able to step back up to their best in the past. I think they can. Bailey Ruin, Harori uh, Karaguchi make their way into the squad, and I think they're. They're good players. That they come for the Northern Tigers, and they were very good for the Tigers last year. I think they'll have a good year. In regards to the usual players, Daniel Nizic, I think he's getting better as a keeper. He did very well during the Australia Cup campaign, which a lot of confidence from the Australia Cup to Yanni Pekatis, uh, Andrea Agamenonos, Tarek Maya, Matty Bilic is still going around, Yanni Fragoyanis. Uh, Glenn Shafiro, the confidence that you can still get from a Glenn Shafiro is massive. Devante Clue, look, I I like this side. I really do. I, I, I think they can make second place. I think they're going to be very much there when the whips are cracking at the back end of the season to to try to win the uh, the premiership. I don't think they win the premiership, but I think they're going to go close. I, I really like this side. There's one thing that needs to be brought up with the squad. It's the curious case of Chris Payne. Have we seen the best of him? Is- well, I think he is done Like in regards to, to his brilliance of his best. I think he's still a very valuable player. But if you're asking me, are we going to see him have a rip snorty year like a couple of years ago? 
No, but I think he's still going to be a key player to have on the pitch. We then move on to the Sutherland Sharks, coached by Demir Prodanovic. They finished 12th and last last year, but because there was the, the competition was expanding to 16 teams, there was no relegation last year. They've gone hard at the transfer market, but we saw the same story last year with this squad where they, they basically threw caution to the wind, recruited everyone. We said that they were going to struggle because they were basically trying to slap a whole bunch of players onto a dartboard, see what sticks. They've gone out and done it again. Is this, this is starting to verge on the definition of insanity. Well, you know what's going to happen as well. An assistant coach for them is Paddy Nikas. I wouldn't be surprised at some stage during the year that he does activate himself on the roster. That is how desperate they will be. I've got them dead last. They'll be stone motherless. They're a club that have been waning for a long time, and I, I have been very critical, and with every reason to be critical, they've got to change again. I don't know if the change of coach is going to help them. They've been going, they've been going around the roundabout 40 freaking times and deliver nothing. They still don't know how to get out of the roundabout. They do struggle. I look at the side. Yeah, look, Jordy Roberts, he's a good player. Famota Kamada, yeah, he, he did well at the Rangers last year. Nathan Grimaldi, look, he is a good player, but you know what Nathan Grimaldi's biggest problem is? Nathan Grimaldi? Exactly right. His issue is discipline. Yeah. Lewis Curry, yeah, he's a, he's a He's a good player, but I don't know what he can produce itself on. I just look at it going, I, I, I look at it. I'm going, uh, nah. And, and there's two names in this lineup that I ask again, like the situation with Chris Payne. Have they had it? And I ask of Jeremy Cox and Nikola Tineski. Well, from the squad I've got, they're they're not even there. So I I, I wonder what. They're going to do because obviously there will be uh, changes in, in confirmation of teams in a couple of weeks to be confirmed. But yeah, I, I just look at it and go, yeah, yeah. Connor Rose is a decent signing too. Like uh, I do like the signing, but yeah, I yeah, I look at it and I just I don't see anything that gives me any confidence. Stone marvelous last. And finally, they will be put out of their miseries and relegated to football New South Wales League yeah. One. And you know what? It's a great detriment to football in the Sutherland. Like, you think about it this way. Yes, it's great that St. George are there. Great that Rockdales are there. But you need to have Sutherland and you need to have Sutherland doing well. The problem is that the club is a basket case and they really need to get their act together. I hope they do. I really want their... I really want Sutherland to be there. They've got a great ground at Seymour Shores. It's a fantastic venue. But they need to really really get that club, push it, because they need to be strong. We need a Sutherland Shire team in the competition. They need to be, though, really careful because there's issues at that club. There's always there's always backstabbing. There's always political issues at the club. But that one has seen a lot over the last couple of years. And maybe, you know, people could say there's some nepotism there in certain areas. I'm not going to go into it in detail, but – there has been that chat for a while. Well, I've got them finishing last as well. So we're in agreement with that one there. We think we're 
Sutherland are going to get relegated, which means only one thing, that they're going to win the competition. <laughs> How? Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe maybe, maybe it'll be like Homer Simpson when he's about to get into the boxing match with Dredrick Tatum. What? They're going to draw every single game? No, like a general heart failure or something like that. Oh, that's... Oh. Western Sydney Wanderers, coached by Andrew Christensen. Uh, they got promotion from Football New South Wales one last year. This is the last of the academy squads. And the Wanderers had been knocking on the door of promotion for a number of years. They finally get there. Are they going to be up for it? Oh, look at this side. Liam Bonatek is a very good young player. I think he'll do well. Uh, a bit of a change from last year. Uh, obviously, there's been graduates from last season. So I'll look at it. They'll go all right. Again, always hard to pick how an academy side's going to go against full-blooded men. That's the key thing to remember as well. These are just still kids. They're going to come 11th. I think they'll have a decent year. Not a great year, but I think they'll be having a having a situation where People will be happy, and I think the club will be happy that they'll be in 11th. I think it's going to be a tough year for them, but I think they will show some brilliance or some flash-in-the-pan brilliance, to be exact. You know what I'm looking forward to? I hope they market up the Sydney derby in this competition between between Mm. this team and Sydney FC. I hope they do it because it deserves it. They will, but... Obviously, it will be a thing that they're going to be careful about as well because they don't want to have more issues about it. And we really don't want to see young kids, and I say young kids, they're 20-year-olds being put in a situation where they're going to have fans, you know, being stupid. We oh, Look, I know they're going to be – they have to eventually learn in the A-League setup, but I, I don't want to see problems. I really don't. So, I, uh, yes, as long as it is in a good way, but if it's a bad way, then no. And finally, we have the Wollongong Wolves, now coached by David Carney, who takes over from his good mate, Luke Wilkshire. They finished ninth last year. It has been years since that miracle premiership that Wollongong won. They've gone into the market. They've gone fairly well. Is it enough? Yeah. I've got to say, I don't think they're going to go that well. 13th on the ladder. I've got him. I think Marcus Beattie, it's good that he's still at the club. I think Josh McDonald, I hope he really produces something. Lachlan Scott, I just wonder who's going to feed him the balls. I really do. I think Senator Stevenson goes all right at the back. But I wonder what Chris McStay's going to offer them. I wonder what, what Walter Scott's going to offer. I, I also wonder, is Nernad Vekic going to be a better keeper than what Hayden Juros was. And Hayden Juros was a top keeper, I think, for the Wolves. He goes back to the Illawarra League. So I just look at it, I go, Alex Mashavecchio, I don't think a top signing in my opinion. I, Yeah, I, I really don't know about this side. I hope they go well. I really do. But I look at it, I go, they 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 don't really do much for me. I know that they've signed here uh, Mirza uh, Muratovic from the uh, Wellington Phoenix or previously from the Phoenix and the Raw, but I don't know if that's enough. Uh, Barney Kazumi, 
or could the same club? But again, as I said, there's no confidence filling him in. I think David Carney, having not managed before in top level, is going to be a grave concern. And I'm I'm really worried about how they're going to be able to to go through with this because I don't see anyone who's got that X factor to be able to drag this team uh, kicking and screaming. I mean, originally they set themselves up so that Peter Simonoski was going to be the the sort of the central player, the leader of this team, but they really just look rudderless overall. The big problem is too with the Wollongong Wolves, and obviously this is a little bit different with the Mariners because the Mariners are obviously a youth league or academy side. But with the Wolves, their biggest problem is that because they're away from Sydney, you've got a competition you're competing against. So you're competing against the Illawarra Premier League. And that's where like Peter Simonoski, he's gone, well, why would I want to go play for the Wolves and get paid similar or slightly less when I could be playing in Illawarra League, train a little bit less than what I would in the, the Wolves setup, and play basically every single week at least – 10 to 15 minutes away from my house. Like, that's the situation they're in. Like, and you look at that, like Hayden Juros, same situation. And there's a couple of other players that have decided to take that route. So, yeah, look, I think they're not going to have a flash year. I hope that they can prove me wrong because they're a very good club, but I just don't see them doing as well as what they have in the past. Well, we're coming to the end of the podcast, but... We're going to have a little bit of fun with this at the very end. You've already called Blacktown City to win it. We've already called the Sutherland Sharks to get relegated. I'm going to go a little bit more controversial for my next question here, the last one to go off. Which manager gets fired first? Because last year ended up going to Sydney United after their disastrous start, which almost led to the fans lynching Uh, half the squad. Can, can Can I really bring that back? It wasn't that bad of a start. This is what people tend to forget. They actually were winning games at the start of the season. You know what happened, right? They had a couple of big losses, and then they're like, we need a change, and that's the United way. Like, Croats don't like mediocrity. So when you start the foul, it's that's it, go. Especially when you, you lose against uh, sides and lose by margins. That's and, and, and I think it was the game against Sydney FC. They lost 6-1 and that was yeah. that was the end of it. Yeah, and remember the previous year, they lost against Northbridge by a similar margin and they scored most of those goals in the first half, two to balls. Um, so, yeah, look, it will be very interesting uh, on that side. First cage to get dismissed. I've got to say Sutherland. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, they went through three or four gaffers last season. Like at one point, nobody knew who was the coach. So which coach is today? Someone's going to turn into Watford at this rate. Worse than Watford. Oh, that's a big call to make in terms of them being worse than Watford when it comes to their managers. Side of Coventry. Oh, Jesus. With that, ladies and gentlemen, we have come to full-time here on Splinters. I want to thank our special guest, Nick Kutniak, for joining us here tonight. And we're going to have you hopefully back on in a couple of weeks. We might be uh, jumping on to the the women's competition, which is going to be very intriguing because they're going through an expansion as well. Yeah, we will have, of course, uh, seven games a week in their competition. I think they go to 15 with a bye. Uh, it will be very interesting to see how it goes. And remember as well, 
The Women's World Cup is on too. So that will have a chat. It will cause a disturbance because the season will still go on, but they will have a situation where they won't be able to use certain venues. So it will be very intriguing. Well, ladies and gentlemen, that is Splinters on Triple H 100.1 FM, streaming on the web at triplehfm.com.au and available for download at podcast.com, iHeartRadio, and wherever you get your podcasts. On behalf of Nick Kutnyak, I'm Anthony Caruso. Run hard or run home. Good night. Thank you for joining us for Splinters, your no-holds-barred sports podcast. You can also find us streaming on the web at www.triplehfm.com.au and available for download at podcasts.com and all good podcast and streaming sites.